Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, Goal Achievers, it's Hal Elrod, and today you're going to get a audio, and this actually is a message that was given by three people, myself, John Berghoff, and John Vroman, this past year at the Best Year Ever Blueprint a couple months ago. And I'm sure you've seen the emails that have been coming out about this BYEB Mentors program that we have going on last week and this week, and I think this week will be the last week for it, but or that'll be available in the way that it has been and with the discounts and all that good stuff. But the deal is I asked Chip, who's gone through, he's the one that curated the entire program and created this BYEB Mentors program from all of the footage from the Best Year Ever Blueprint, aka BYEB, live experience, the live event. And I said, Chip, I said, hey, I'd love to give out one of the videos as an audio for the podcast next week to give people kind of an idea of, you know, some of the things they can expect in the program. And I said, will you pick like your favorite, you know, what, what video you think we should send out or what audio? And uh, sorry, I'm, I'm a little under the weather getting over being sick here, but Chip called me and he goes, I'm in the car right now. And I'm listening to the audio that you did with the two Johns, right? John Berghoff and John Broman. It was the greatest lessons that we learned putting on the BYEB event for six years, right? And we, all three of us have played a big part in it. And Chip said how this to me, by the way, he said, you know, hearing you cry, this is like, I think maybe the first time you guys will hear me cry, actually. But he said, you know, hearing you cry and be open and vulnerable and then sharing how you overcame the most difficult year of your life and how hard that was and how low you got and how you're still struggling through it, right? He said, that was really profound. And then hearing John Roman share the greatest lessons that he's learned about how you make every moment count and, and how he talked about the future of humanity is in our hands right now. John Broman really took the profound, kind of like, how do we save the world, and brought it to each of us as an individual and what we can do each moment to change our world and how that changes the world. And then John Berghoff shared, you know, John's gift is really to see a future and then and see it coming to life, you know, and obviously, if you're wanting to transform your life, improve your life, change anything, it starts with seeing that? How do you see that so clearly? And then how do you see, how do you work backwards and see the steps to getting there? And John gives you three questions, really profound questions that allow you and enable you to do that very, very quickly. And um, that's, again, one of John's gifts. And then we go into, there's a lot more talking about, we started to talk about the number one lesson that we learned, the most profound, meaningful lesson. And of course, that we couldn't just share one. It led into us going back and forth, sharing uh, quite a few. So, I really, uh, if, if Chip's right, I think that you'll find this, uh, if you find it anywhere nearly as valuable as Chip did, you're in for a treat. So uh, here it is. This is the most valuable lessons learned from me, John Berghoff, and John Vroman uh, during these past six years running the Best Year Ever Blueprint, aka BYEB Mentors event. And of course, the Mentors program is still available. You can go to bybmentors.com. And uh, if you are listening to this this week, 
use the code action and you get a nice discount. So love you guys and gals, goal achievers. I will talk to y'all next week. Are there any John Broman fans in the room here? All right, that was the intro. That's all all you need. Johnny is uh, really the founder of the Front Row Foundation, going back, but what, a dozen, 13 years at this point, and in his career has been awarded as a professional speaker. Uh, He and Hal share that power and that profession in common, and Johnny most recently, a few years ago, started a group called Front Row Dads to bring fathers together, and in particular, it's a lot of entrepreneurs. We're all members, and and, uh, the Front Row Dads group is really about a brotherhood that allows these men to be family men first and entrepreneurs second. So Johnny, thanks for following your gifts because you're making a big difference through this dad's community. The reason that we're all up here is we we all wanted to answer two questions for you. I don't know if you guys knew this, that this was going to be two questions. (laughs) They're ready. And the first question is, we are going to each take a minute and we might not all spend the same amount of time on these questions and we're each going to offer some response to what might be one of the big lessons that we've learned putting on and hosting BYEB over the past six years. Lessons that we think would serve you in your journey to be your best selves. And then the next question we'll answer for you is, what's behind the thinking for this to be the last BYEB? Who's curious about that one? Yeah. So are we. (laughs) And what we want to share is that there's some really important, beautiful lessons behind what we've learned, putting this on, and also behind the thinking to let it rest, at least for now. You know, we, we can't, we have no idea what will happen one day in the future, but we know that, although should we tell them it was all a gimmick and then sign up next year's? Yeah. Yeah. Coming yeah. out of retirement. Yeah. Yeah, we just changed our minds. Yeah. We forgot to tell you yesterday, the best entrepreneurial lesson we learned is announce it's your last event ever and ticket sales go through the roof. Shh. We go, why didn't we do this yeah. years ago? So next year will be the last one we ever do. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's, there's no legit plans next year for this event. So, but give us a couple hours. We'll see how this goes. So Hal, let's start with you, buddy. Whatever you want to share about any you know, lessons learned looking back, co-hosting this event the past six years. Yeah, uh, I'll share a, a lesson that it really is something that I learned recently in my own life. And then I saw it through the lens of what this experience, this event has been for people for so many years. And the lesson is to be vulnerable and to ask for help. Too many of us are suffering in silence. And what many of you, probably most of you aren't aware of, is that this has been the most difficult year of my life by far. By far. And my positive lens has trouble saying it's the worst year ever. But in a lot of ways, there's a lot of truth that, at least in the short term. In the long term, I think it'll be my best year ever because I believe that pain is growth and adversity. It has seeds for advantages within it, but especially the last few months have been the most difficult time in my life. And you may have seen, if you were here last year, I, it started right before this event last year where I developed anxiety for the first time in my life. I so appreciate you sharing your story. I never had anxiety. I've been the most unanxious person. You know, I just, cancer, best thing ever, right? Car accident, I'll be the happiest person in a wheelchair you've ever seen, right? Like that was me. And so I never got the empathy, really, I think that people, when they would struggle with these emotions, because I just overrode the emotions. But a few months ago, I had a nervous breakdown, essentially. Uh, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if that's the technical term, but... Uh, 
I was laying in bed and I text Ursula and it's going to be tough. The, uh, uh, essentially, texter said, I'd been laying in bed for a couple hours and couldn't fall asleep. I just tossing and turning. And I said, sweetheart, I don't want to worry you. I'm not suicidal. I'm not going to kill myself. <sighs> but I feel like I want to die. I can't handle life. And, uh, this, this so-called life that I couldn't handle was everything I ever wanted. And, uh, I had taken on a few months prior, I just had this like epiphany one day in a meditation that I'm going to take responsibility for solving every problem that humanity faces. <laughs> and I just owned that. I thought, if not me, who? <laughs> and I started, <laughs> and I started brainstorming like, okay, how, you know, I, I'm not the guy that could do it all myself, but I have enough influence and reach and I can assemble this. I was going to create this conscious alliance of people that had messenger and could reach people and on and on. And I came to my team call, just fired up. I started building a team this year for the first time in my life. It's just been me and Tiffany for many years, my assistant Tiffany. And then I started building a team because I thought for me to change the world at the level I want to, I need, I need an army of people that can do this. And I brought this to the team. I go, guys, we have a new mission. We have to solve every problem that humanity faces. You know, and the look on their face, they're just like, okay. And uh, I think that was the beginning of my downfall. I took on, and then I just started watching documentaries and Googling what are all the biggest problems we face. And I'm thinking, how am I going to solve global warming and, you know, and I mean, on and on and on and, and homelessness and starvation, all these things. And that night, it just all kind of came. I just couldn't handle it. It just, it just all came to a head. And uh, my wife came in and Ursula came in and she kind of comforted me and said, sweetheart, you sleep, you know, you need to sleep. You'll, you'll feel better tomorrow. I said, you're probably right. And the next morning, I was supposed to play volleyball with John and uh, in the front row dad's group, uh, Justin, and we play volleyball every Saturday. And the next morning, I thought, I'll, I'll wake up feeling better. And I woke up feeling just a flood of anxiety, which I didn't even, like, I didn't even know the word for it because I had never felt it in my life. And that morning, I'm like, uh, front row dad's is in a couple hours, and I'm doing a miracle morning. And I'm like, I don't want to see it. Like, I, I can't even explain the way. If you felt anxiety, maybe you get this. But I had no, I'm like, I'm afraid to see my friends. And John called me that morning, and he's like, hey, buddy, with you to see a volleyball? I said, I, I don't even make it. He said, what's going on? And I, I, you know, I started crying. And uh, I'm like, I don't know. And uh, he's like, I think you need to come. You know, it sounds like you need to be around your friends. I'm like, I, I don't want to see you. I love you, but I don't want to see you. I can't. Like, I can't explain it, but I can't. And uh, this is about three months ago. And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse to where I was at our good friend David Osborne's house. One more example. And it was his son's third birthday party. All friends. The Romans were there. All my friends. The McCarthy's. It was just friends. No strangers. And I just got these horrific feelings. And I had to just leave and go hide in a bedroom and like bury my hands in my or my head in my hands and like and I, you know I don't know what's wrong and so that morning I finally told John I said this has been going on for the last you know for a bit and it's getting worse and he recommended that I talk to my neighbor our friend Frello front row dad Tim Nikolaev and to keep a long story just a little bit longer I uh what, what's interesting is this. I had been suffering in silence for a long time. Like, yes, that, it came to a head, but it's been all year long. All year long. I've had anxiety and depression and the worst of my life. And so he said, hey, Tim's a really smart guy. I'd love to help you. Why don't we, let, let's help, let's figure this out. And that was the moment that I decided, you know, really because he reached out, but I stopped suffering in silence. And I finally was vulnerable. 
you know, and I think that, and I share that with you, really, I share this story that you've already done some shares with each other, but, but I really, I, I found that the more vulnerable that you are, right, the, the, the deeper you can go and the more help you can get. And I think what prevents us from that is I think we have a fear of being vulnerable because we're afraid that someone's going to judge us, right? That they're going to judge us or they're going to see us as weak, some form of judgment. And if you look deeper at what that actually is, it's a fear of not being loved. It's a fear of not being loved. And here's the irony. Robin Sharma said this. He said that when you're vulnerable, people fall in love with you. You know, you think about that. I'm sure, you know, I would just imagine that when I, you guys saw me share that, you probably felt more connected, not further, right? When you're vulnerable, people fall in love with you. So these next couple days to really transform yourself, your life, to get the help you need, be vulnerable, be open, share things that you don't feel comfortable sharing, that you never, ever thought you'd share with maybe your best friends, let alone a group of, you know, 500 strangers. And I think that if, you, if you're willing to be vulnerable, you're going to find so much more value and so much more transformation and getting that help that you need. And interestingly enough for me, it was my literal neighbors. And, and I'm telling you that the wisdom that you need to solve all of your problems is in this room. And it's simply up to you to be vulnerable and open enough to be able to allow people in to share the wisdom that you need. So, thank you. You're not really asking me to say anything after that, are you? I mean, is it this session done? <laughs> That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Goodness gracious. Uh, does it, Hal, have such an amazing ability to just be so real and to go to that, that vulnerable place and then bring humor into it at such a beautiful... Isn't that just... It's masterful, man. It's, I've watched you do that for years and... Uh, it's just great. So Thank you. I have as much fun listening to you as probably anybody. So I'm not tired of it. I want to say that. So the question is, what did we learn from this partnership over the last six years? Yeah. 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 Or any other question you want to answer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'd like to solve all of humanity's problems. It's a good first step. Yeah. <laughs> There's a goal setting workshop tomorrow morning, I think. Just bring it right into that. What I would say is that when I look back over these years and the experiences that we've all shared, for those who've been along for the ride, and now for those who are here for the first time, you are on the ride, and you are part of the story and the experience, is that I'm always impressed by a group of people who make a conscious choice to do life together, and that by committing to the moments, they build memories. And that when we look back on our lives, we can cherish times like this where we've invested into ourselves, into our families, into our communities, into the people that are right next to you. You know, who is the most important person in any moment? It's like it's the person that's next to you that by listening, by witnessing, by affirming, by bringing just your heart and soul and spirit to the equation can change someone's life forever. 
I love the thought that whenever we walk into a room like this, that we could potentially be sitting next to a person that we don't know how or why, but we were destined to be there. Like that person was placed in your life for a reason. And that if we want to create epic lives, however many years we are gifted on this planet, we can just work it reverse engineer and say, all right, an epic life is epic years stacked up. And epic years are months, months are days, days are hours, hours are minutes, and minutes are moments. And so when we say yes in this very moment, like this is life, right? When you were talking this morning about just being so grateful for the fact that we are alive, and here and having this conversation and present with each other to this space, that to me is the greatest lesson of all over six years of doing this is to be able to look back and be proud of where we or, or I, if I look at it from my own personal perspective, chose to invest time. Right? There's a lot of places people could be right now, a lot of things they could be doing, a lot of conversations they could be having, but the courageous conversations that you're willing to have, I do believe that to solve the world's biggest problems, like it happens here in this room. Like we are the decisive element. Right? Think about that. Like you are the decisive element. And not that you need to shoulder all of it, that you are responsible for solving all the world's biggest problems. You are just a part of it. And that when a room full of people like this who are conscious and awake and aware decide to change something, that's how it happens. And so I do think that in many beautiful ways, the future of humanity is in our hands right now. And that uh, we can breathe into that and know that we're not fully in control of everything happening, but we are definitely in control of how we want to perceive the next very moment. And so what I've learned is that our lives are built by moments and I've seen those moments unfold here where you acknowledge each other, the best of humanity existing in this very room, the best of humanity existing in this very room. That's what I've taken away from Best Year Ever and props to you two for organizing a space where that can occur. Because to create a container where the best of humanity can experiment. I've heard people talk about Burning Man like that, if you know that event, or, or any social group that gets together and says, let's shape it ourselves. Right? Let's decide how humans treat each other, how we listen to each other, how we love each other, how we feel, how vulnerable we can be, and, and how uh, safe that we can experience that world. That's what I think has been the biggest thing for me. Hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Awesome, Johnny. Man, I would love to just listen to you guys talk. But I like hearing myself talk, too. Uh, I wrote down uh, uh, two things for me that I feel like the last six years, and it, it's very difficult for me to just focus in on one or two. But the first one is really very personal. And the second one is just a learning about this whole group dynamic. And the one that's a little more personal is you know, one of the gifts that I feel like I've been given is the ability to somehow see a future and then participate in that future coming to life. And uh, there's many aspects of this weekend today, this moment that for me, I've actually seen for many years. And some of you who I'm close with 
You know, we've had conversations over the years where we envision how could this all work and what could it look like? And I think one of the big things I've learned as just reflecting on this is that we can actually really become participants in the future that is seeking to emerge from within us. We can really participate in that. And the three or four questions that I've continually asked myself that I think have led to this learning about being able to really participate in this future that might be able to emerge are so obvious. You've you've heard them for two days, and I'll share them with you. And one of the questions is, what are my gifts? What are my strengths? Right? And uh, it takes humility to get connected with your strengths because part of understanding your strengths is also being able to articulate where are you not strong, right? And so uh, that's a question. I just encourage all of you to continue to ask, when was I at my best? When am I at my best? And that's a key ingredient, I think, for us to participate in whatever the highest future is that's seeking to emerge for all of us. Every one of you is a unique, beautiful gift to the world. Even if you think you've discovered that gift, keep asking. Are there new expressions? Are there new explorations? Are there gifts that are emerging that you're discovering? Just keep asking that question. It's been helpful, I think, for many of us. The second one is, what gives me joy? Right? If any of you have ever found yourselves doing work or you had a client that you were really good at helping, but that work or that client was a nightmare to serve. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? And so sometimes if we don't get the mixture right, we find ourselves having had created a future that we didn't realize wasn't exactly what we wanted. So keep asking, what gives you joy? Like I love watching Johnny and Hal. Johnny keeps asking this question. Years ago, he left a very comfortable executive position to become a professional speaker. And for a year, he just lost money. Nobody hired him. The next year, he was awarded as the speaker of the year. And then again the year after that. And he followed what gave him joy. Even if everybody else said, you don't have a net that you're leaping into. Same thing with Hal. You know, he's constantly asked, not only what is he good at, but what gives him joy. And in Hal's case, I'll get to the third question I think we got to ask is, what does the world need? Right? There's this, you could have this debate. Should we just do what lights us up or should we do what the world needs? Well, playing ping pong lights me up, but I don't know how much you need me to get really good at playing ping pong. Like, it's a little bit of both, isn't it? Especially if you want to create a future that creates a lot of value for you, i.e. making love with piles of money, right? (laughs) So find what you're good at, keep asking what gives you joy, and ask what the world needs. You know, all of you are here because... Hal started with, what do I need? He needed a routine that changed his life, and then he quickly noticed that the world needed that, right? And of course, all of you are here, not just because this is a configuration of what we might be good at, what we might love, and what you might need, but you value this too. It's not only what does the world need, but what does the world value, right? Because if there's going to be an economic engine, we really have to ask those questions. And that's something that I've learned that's been very personal, is I can really be a much bigger participant in shaping my future than maybe I thought was previously possible. And the last thing I wrote down is just a quick observation around uh, group dynamics. Johnny said something a second ago about you know, we, we can't necessarily control everything in our lives. I really believe in this idea that in my life, I control nothing, but I can only influence, right? And I think the biggest lesson I've learned about allowing a group to come alive is that as a leader of the group setting, 
I have to figure out how to create the conditions so that you can most naturally come alive. And there's many things that contribute to those conditions. Whether it's the plants or the hotel we're at or the world's most incredible AV team. How extraordinary is this AV team? Yeah. Look at his jacket. Look at Gary's jacket. Yesterday he had dragon skin. Today he ripped a painting off the wall. What's tomorrow, buddy? So you got to set the conditions. And there's a lot to it. But I'm going to share with you one condition that this gift that Hal gave to me to be able to work with him and with Johnny to put this on has taught me more than any other. And that is, somebody said to me this morning something and I chose to correct them. They said, wow, John, you have so much power in this room. And I understood where they were coming from. And I said, I didn't say what I thought. And I'll tell all of you. I thought, no, you really become powerful when you give power away. I mean, if you think about I'm going to make something unspoken spoken, right? Yesterday, we gave you three questions at the start of the day, and you had incredible breakthroughs. That was an example of the power, the learning was there available. We just had to create the conditions through the right questions. This morning, we gave you the power to acknowledge each other. If you can go back an hour and a half, how did that feel, right? And finally, the single thing that has made this event healthier than anything else that we could do. If you're wearing one of these shirts that says, follow your heart, would you please stand up for a moment? Would you please stand up? How many of you have had your lives changed by one of these folks right here? Stay standing for a second. (laughs) Yeah, just stay standing, just stay standing. I just want to acknowledge that this right here is the secret sauce. Dion, as you would say, there's so much magic sauce, there's nothing to dip with these folks. (laughs) There's so much magic in having a team of leaders who have come to serve and have come to give. And without them being here, the energetic field that is created, there's no one person that can create what you've experienced without these individuals giving up their time. They're here early, they're here late, they give up every lunch to huddle. Yesterday we huddled and they got three minutes in the sun before you came back. So please, can you give this team one big round of applause? It's super awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, let's go back to the top, buddy. Lessons around our thinking for this to be the last event or anything else you want to share? Yeah, I mean, it was, for me, I, uh, experiencing all the stress and anxiety, I just made a list one day of down the middle, what are the things that bring me joy, that, that I love to do, and what are the things that cause me stress? And no offense, but selling out this event every year is a big stressor, right? Ticket sales always come slow at the beginning, and it's like, and I, you know, and it's, it's a big stressor. And where I'm at right now in my health journey, you know, I'm still on chemotherapy. I take chemo uh, every day, and then once a month I get it in an IV and take a pill every day. And uh, I just realized, what am I doing? Like, I, I learned a big lesson in my, my cancer journey, which is I was a workaholic, you know, and I was sacrificing my highest values, which is the lesson I'm going to share in a sec, but sacrificing my highest values, which are health, family, and freedom, and doing it just to make a bigger impact or achieve more or whatever, whatever the reasons were. And it just, it hit me. I went, I have to cut out everything in my life that is not in alignment, completely in alignment with my highest values. And by the way, if you're taking notes, that that's the, the big lesson is to live in alignment with your values and shut down everything else. Live in alignment with your values 
Thank you. Thank you. A third of you really appreciated that. Um, the rest of you are dead to him. Uh, yeah. No, but, but I think that for some of you, this, for some, if not all of us, this can be one of the most valuable lessons to learn, and it's one of the hardest lessons to implement, to shut down this event. You know, I called John when I felt it in my heart that I needed to stop doing Best Year Ever and stop doing the mastermind we were doing because it, it took a lot of time and energy, and it wasn't necessary for me, but it was hard because it helps a lot of people, and it's in line with the, a lot of my values, right? And I was really afraid that John was going to really push back and go, right, you're crazy. What are you talking about? about. You know, this, this event's incredible and we have people that want to come back year after year. Why would we shut it down? And luckily he was just an incredible friend and really understood where I was coming from. And he, you know, he said, well, why don't you sleep on it and let's, let's talk again. And, but it was basically a decision that we made together and felt that for both of us, there were things we needed to focus on uh, that this was taking away from. And, you know, John, I'm sure will talk about it, but, you know, letting something die or end so that something new can be born. And uh, I want to share three keys to living this lesson. Know yourself, love yourself, and be yourself. And I'll expand on each of those. So know yourself is you've got to start by identifying what are your highest values. Such a crucial question. What are my highest values? What's really important? Because typically we live in alignment with other people's values or values that we think are important out of scarcity or fear. Money, for example, right? Very often our decisions are, are money driven. I hate this job. It's killing my soul, but it gives me a paycheck. And because we never identify our highest values, people just keep doing that for 30 years. And we, we waste our entire life living in alignment with values that are not our highest values or that are someone else's values. So the first step is to know yourself. It's to identify your highest values. And uh, again, mine are health, family, and freedom. And uh, I'd encourage you to, you know, you start start there and figure out what it is for you. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's fun. Maybe it is, you know, I don't know. What are some of the values? There's other ones. See, I'm so clear on mine now that like the others are just gone. Like, I don't even know. They're, they're gone. Like I, I've, been, I've been going so deep in this. The second is to love yourself. And this is the hardest part. When I say love yourself, there's a million ways we could define that. I'm talking about shut down everything that is not in alignment with your highest values. And I'm going to give you some, I'm going to tell you just a list of specifics that I've shut down. And this was so hard to do, so hard to shut these things down because of, I didn't want to disappoint the people that I was working with because I didn't want to let other people down because I didn't want to sacrifice income because there were all these reasons that it was so hard to do. But now that I'm finally like on the other side of shutting these things down, I see the light. I, I feel so liberated. In fact, I love this event. I can't wait for it to be over because I know that comes off the wrong way, but meaning like the like full alignment with my values, this is kind of the last piece of, and then it's just family, health, freedom. And so this event, closing this down was a huge deal. John and I run a mastermind together called Quantum Leap Mastermind, and we closed that down. And we'd already had, I think, 20 people already renewed for next year. Right? So, you know, refunding money. My highest paid speaking engagement in Moscow and the Ukraine, it's a two-part speaking engagement in February, and I'm in contract for it. I've never canceled and speaking engagement I was in contract for, and I just looked at it, and it happened to be that my kid's school break fell on the date, 
but I didn't know that when I booked it because the school was announcing that later. I just canceled that. The first time I ever canceled a speaking engagement and I had to give back $32,000 that you referred to. Like, that's painful, right? It's not like I get paid that and then I'm like, oh, hold this in case I need to give it back, right? So, um, <laughs> and then uh, a speech in Santorini, Greece. Uh, I just, a uh, number one travel destination in the world. Same thing. School schedule came out. It's this kid's break. I can't get that time back with my kids, with my family. So I just canceled that engagement. And probably the, one of the hardest, if not the hardest, is Josh Eidenberg. I've been building a team, Chip Franks, building a team this year so we could solve all of humanity's problems. <laughs> and, uh, and it's been incredible. And these are beautiful human beings who I love dearly, who've invested time and energy. And we had like a dozen projects in the works. We had the Miracle Morning Store. We had all of these. We had so many things in the works. And for me to say, hey, guys, all the stuff we've been working on, I have to stop it, or at least pause it until further notice. So anyway, I share those with you as examples because it's taken really bold, difficult decisions to shut down, to love myself enough and honor my values enough. And I, and I hope that inspires you to do the same and to look at what areas in your life are you doing things that, that you don't really love doing. You know, my, one of my coaches, Jeffrey Williams, he recently said this, which was just an epiphany. It was the other day on a call. He said, every challenge you face is a result of you filling your calendar with things that you don't love doing. And he said, if you don't fill your calendar with things that you love doing, then you end up filling it with other people's agenda, other people's values instead of your own. But if you fill your calendar with just things that you love doing, then you enjoy every moment. You love life. And the last piece of that is to be yourself. And to be yourself simply means to create a schedule that is in alignment with your values. And yes, that means that if you have a job that you hate, right? That's why you were at Entrepreneur Day probably, right? Like, but if you have a job that just doesn't fill you up, yeah, it doesn't mean you quit tomorrow. Maybe you do. But it means you plan your exit strategy. It means you decide that life is too short to live somebody else's values. Life is too short to sacrifice what matters most to me in exchange for what I'm afraid of losing. So that's it. I really feel that this year, for it to be your best year ever and, and, and moving forward in your life, you've got to identify your highest values. You've got to love yourself enough to shut down everything that's not in alignment. And you've got to create a lifestyle, a schedule that you wake up every day and it fills your soul with joy because you're doing things that are in alignment with your values that you love to do. Awesome. Oh, you want to follow that, Johnny? Seriously, I ain't following you, dude. Gosh. Here, I have some other this notes. It's really here, good. Right? Can you give me some other notes? Yeah. What well, can I read yeah. some of your stuff? They tend to like you. Um, yeah. Hey, Hal, I want to honor you. I told, I've, I've told you this, but I just want to say it in front of everybody that your courage to say no has given me courage to reevaluate things in my life and to draw boundaries where I once lacked the confidence to do so. And I, I thought about you all and how and John making the decision that this was the last best year ever. And I thought that could be the greatest gift ever given to this community ever is for you in your leadership position to have the courage to honor 
your highest values and demonstrate that because it's so easy to get caught in the significance and the rock star status and all that and just to really get clear and then confidently move into that in support of you and your family is like the greatest thing that I've ever seen you do. That is what I believe to be your greatest accomplishment to date. And I love you for that. And I thank you for having the courage because it's made a difference for me. Thank you. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm inspired by the ending of things at times, meaning I'm inspired to know that there is an end. I just listened to the 12 week year audiobook and they talk about how taking your year and shortening the deadline. We love to work towards deadlines, knowing that uh, the end is there, right? We can work towards that. And so manufacturing these deadlines, understanding these deadlines, putting you know, that is a form of a boundary in our lives. And when I had a journaling experience a couple years ago that was transformative for me, where I, I was thinking about my birth and then my, my death, and I put two dots on a piece of paper. And if you've never done this, I would encourage you to do so. And I just drew a line and I just wrote over here zero. That was the day I was brought in. And over here, oh, let's imagine that I get, you know, 90 or 100 years. And uh, if everything went perfect, right? Let's, I'll just say, okay, that's possible. Where am I now? And I just drew a line and a dot. And I just saw my whole life right there on that line. Maybe, right? Maybe. And I said, I might have that much time left. And knowing that there was an end, knowing that there is an end to everything that at least I can perceivably imagine, allowed me to value this experience more. And so when I'm reminded that things come to an end, I take that as a great inspiration, uh, the importance of it. And I think it's so cool that we're all here celebrating this journey and that, again, with everything that comes to an end, something new begins. And so I think that's what I'm going to walk away with is just the importance of these moments have been amplified for me and then also taking those moments and turning them into something else would be what I am going to walk away with. And I hope we all do. Is that beautiful? Thank you. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, you said a lot of what I was about to say, but I love to hear myself talk, (laughs) but I do need to pee. So should all neutralize. Um, Several of you have asked me, you guys doing okay? (laughs) Several of you have asked me over the last few days, like, what's it like, this being the last one? And the most consistent uh, reaction or feeling I have is just deep appreciation. And I noticed that I've actually appreciated this experience. I've appreciated many of you more than the last however many years, five years we've done this. And I think the biggest uh, learning here is, is really for me to figure out how to make sure I can appreciate the people and the things in my life without the necessity of being that close to the ending in order to have that appreciation. How many moments, how many conversations, how many meals, how many strangers do I meet where I don't have these conditions that force me to appreciate it? And how can I just remind myself to just keep that appreciative lens on, right? And so it's 
for me, it's the questions that I got to keep asking. How can I love this moment, love this person, love this opportunity? That's been the biggest lesson for me, this coming to an end, is that reminder. Like, just appreciate it all. Don't wait for some other reminder that uh, this is all precious and nothing is given. So that's been the big lesson for me. That's it. Can I add something to that real quick, too? Oh, please give him a round yeah, of applause. Please. <laughs> yes, he deserves that. Thank you. I, I was just going to add that um, I had met a, a man uh, maybe last year who had run a very successful school for young kids, and he was transitioning out of that role. And he, was, he had had somebody say to him, oh, what are your thoughts about retirement? Right? When this comes to an end and this happens, he says, it's not retirement, it's rewirement. <laughs> and so instead of retiring from something, you could look at it as just rewiring for something new. Hmm. So, love that. Yeah. Let's give that a round of applause. Shouldn't have the last word. <laughs> Should I say anything? <laughs> I'll one up that. And in <laughs> conclusion, <laughs> to conclude the conclusion's conclusion. <laughs> Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. So uh, we have coming right up here, and it's going to happen in four minutes. So this is not an official break. We're just setting the stage. Two of the leaders, executives, and founders of the HeartMath Institute. Who's looking forward to what's about to happen yes. next? Yeah? This is going to be the gift of all gifts. And if you don't need to leave the room, don't leave because we're starting right when we get back. It's just going to be four minutes because that's how long it takes me to go pee and get back and set the stage. So, hey, can we give one more round of applause to Johnny V and Yo Pal Hal? Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.